It's time for another episode of Health Beat, your healthy habit zone, with host Brian Hazelgren. Hello and welcome to Health Beat. My name is Brian Hazelgren and I'm your host, and this is your healthy habit zone. This show is all about healthy living and overall well being. We'll discuss some topics today that are related to your health and wellness, and we'll also talk about some things that will help you achieve optimal well-being. As always, I want to thank Heroes Media Group for the production and the distribution of this podcast. Well, had a uh, good week, Uh, lots of good things that happened, and a great weekend, and here we are starting off a new week. And of course, you know, we continue to hear stories unfold about the pandemic, how the pandemic has changed all of us for the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's also many things that uh, several people have expressed within the pandemic. There's uh, quite a bit of controversy that still surrounds the pandemic and why we're still shutting down everything for something that many believe is a severe case of the flu. I'm not going to offer my opinion on this podcast. We'll let you form your own decisions of what you think about the the COVID-19 pandemic. There's lots of political areas that we could travel into that uh, I don't want to waste the time in doing that. You get enough of that during the, the news uh, cycles during the day. But there are some many, I think there's many positive things to glean from what we have experienced so far in the last three to four months. And there's literally a lot of fascinating ways that the pandemic has, and I think still will, impact the 50-plus demo. Now, if you think about it for just a minute, people are living longer. They're living better. They're stronger than ever before. Many are at their peak of some of their physical and emotional powers. And then suddenly we're told, in, at least in the 50-plus population, we're told that we're in the highest risk category, that we're vulnerable, the most vulnerable group with COVID-19 out in, in the, uh, out in the world. So how does being told one thing about we're living longer, we're living better, we're stronger than ever before, and then all of a sudden we're being told that we're in the highest risk group, and that those two are supposed to intersect each other? Uh, To me, that's very confusing to say the least. So just, I'm going to put that out there to begin with today. Um, I, I, you know, and I've seen people change over the last few months. Um, That people have changed emotionally. They've been cooped up. Uh, They have been told that they have to wear a mask. They may have lost their job. They may have lost their fortune. This has been, um, this has been very difficult for millions of people, not just here in America to deal with, but from around billions from around the world to have to deal with. I even read a story about a guy who's, who's in his mid fifties. I guess he was in his late sixties, excuse me, in his late sixties. He's kind of a man's man. He doesn't back down from anybody. He doesn't like being told what to do. He's a small business owner. He's, he's a motorcycle rider on the weekends, pretty tough guy. And now all of a sudden, a guy in his late 60s is, is feeling vulnerable. He's being told he has to wear a mask. He has to wear gloves. He's using hand sanitizer. 
and he's staying inside. Well, all those things aren't that bad, but it's changed him. It's changed his perspective. And, um, you know, he's very fit. He's very sporty. He's healthy. And now he's suddenly told, like millions of other people in his age group, being told that his immune system, that being 60 plus, he has to watch out what he's doing. And he has to be careful. So, you know, sometimes we have to think about, well, what does that actually mean? So am I supposed to now think of myself as a person with special needs? I'm over 50. So people are slowly trying to figure out how to balance things out. And it will be a process. It's going to be different for everybody. It's also very different for my own parents who were, uh, my dad's 87 and my mom's 85. And we're, we're so blessed to have them with us still. And they're, they're doing well. They're having, they have their challenges but they're, they're extremely nervous about what's going on in the market as well or in the world. And they, they stay inside too because they're worried about catching the virus. So um, I want to talk today a little bit about the, the idea that your age is supposed to somehow equal a vulnerable immune system and that this whole process of uh, what our age is is starting to get shaken up quite a bit. Now, one of the things that I know of, because I'm in the healthcare industry, is that a little over 60% of Americans are overweight. And 40% are obese. Then if you add in high blood pressure and heart disease or diabetes or smoking or vaping, now all of a sudden you're 70% of the population who's at risk in getting the virus. So I don't think you can simply equate it to an age thing. It's not just being over 50. That's a convenient way for the media and the politicians just to say one thing and get everybody all worked up. I think it's kind of uh, like the old red herring discussion that age is somewhat of a red herring that the media just latched onto and the politicians. There were some articles that came out in several different magazine uh, magazines. And, um, you know, I started looking at some of these articles and looking at the 50 plus demographic, because that's where I, my category is. My sisters are in that category. My parents are. My wife is. Uh, many people that I do business with are in that category. And I think we've all become passionate champions and maybe even starting to become well-versed in this global tribe of 50 plus that's reinventing aging in a, in a very cool way. So I want to chat about that and also how the coronavirus has powerfully impacted this specific demographic, the 50 plus demographic. We all know that uh, as the months of, uh, of the pandemic have, have gone on, uh, we don't know exactly how to maneuver through this sometimes, but we're being told what we have to do. Uh, but we're also being, we're also learning that, you know, there's, there's even 22 year olds who are dying from this virus while yet a hundred year old woman can survive it. From the studies that I've seen, the majority of the people in the ICU beds are in their forties, fifties, forties and fifties. Um, they're not, necessarily in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. Now, there are, I will 
again, state that there are many people who have weakened immune systems who are older. I get that. May have heart disease or lung disease. So, yeah, they are definitely at risk. But people that are 40 are still dying. So no one seems to fully understand what all this means yet, is the point. We can also point back to the rise of overweight people and people who are unhealthy and people who have diabetes and people that have obesity issues and other heart issues they have to deal with. And let's not forget all the people that are stressed out. In some of the past episodes, we've talked about being stressed out and different ways of dealing with that. Take a moment and review some of those past episodes because they might be helpful for you. And I think that a key aspect of the new 50 plus category is that for us, a top priority is health and wellness. I mean, I'm, I'm in that business and I know, I know that world pretty well, but I'm constantly learning new things. And then we have to weigh out the, the issues of the media as well as the politicians who have their own agenda try to scare us into one thought process or another. But the 50 plus population here in America in this demographic is a highly educated and I believe self-empowered healthcare consumer. And their philosophy about life has actually gained more influence and more power as we've watched that pandemic, this pandemic unfold. But this pandemic has also left the 50 plus population feeling vulnerable. So we'll see how all this plays out and we'll know more about the virus as each day and each week go by. But there are clearly some underlying factors that can actually help us. And I'm, I'm one of those people that it already ha has helped. I, I, I live in Arizona. I have a, an orchard in my backyard. I have lemons, I have citrus, I have lemons and oranges and grapefruits. And citrus along with vitamin D and zinc has been wonderful for my family and me. It's helped to keep us healthy. And even studies have shown that. So, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's things that run the gamut with this particular COVID-19 virus that are still I'm just, I'm just sharing some of my feelings, but there's still some things that are out there that uh, confuse us. So let's see if we can cut through some of that. Let's not also forget about genetics, that that may even play a role in what our healthy lifestyle may, may look like or not. I just did a heart test last week, um, and at the age of 58, realized that my heart is doing really well, and I'm actually in the very low 3% category, and that, which means... Uh, my heart's good, and 97% uh, of uh, Americans are in a worse category than I am, so my heart's strong, thank goodness. But we were able, I was able to see that through a new test. I was able to see some of the things that, you know, that are helpful for me as a consumer will help me move forward and help me also make sound decisions. So I think we also had to have to talk about what developments are rising under this COVID-19 banner that kind of have important implications for older people. Now, being in the uh, healthcare business, one of our products or service offerings that we have available for our doctors and for our senior care facilities is telemedicine or telehealth. 
So that's one way that's in, uh, making an important implication and improvement on health. It's telemedicine. This used to be something that was kind of, you know, like a novel idea in the past, and now it's become mainstream. It has such a positive impact on everyone, particular, particularly uh, over people, older people, because now the, the older people can have a visit with their doctor without having to leave, leave their home. Telehealth or telemedicine, I believe, is going to be very important in the um, older people's future because it literally can be difficult for them to get around town. Maybe they don't even want to leave their house. And it will take a huge burden off of people having to transport their parents back and forth or their grandparents to doctors. It's also making a very big impact, positive impact on the elder care facilities around the country, the, SNE, the uh, skilled nursing facilities and assisted living facilities. It allows the nurse to work directly with the patient or the resident of the home and speak directly with the physician without having to leave the home. It's also cutting down on frequent ER visits and frequent uh, hospital readmissions. Those are tremendous ways of looking at what it's doing, what telemedicine or telehealth is doing to help improve the elderly population's healthcare. I think another, now since I've been talking about uh, senior housing or elder care market, I think that's the second industry that's going to be impacted pretty heavily uh, with this COVID-19 virus, mostly because that's been a tragic hot spot for this disease. Now, I fully agree and, and, and buy into the notion that it's, it's very important not to generalize. And most of the organizations that we work with have done a tremendous job of staying virus-free or COVID-19 free. So there's good facilities and there's not so good facilities out there. And I think that we're going to see more emphasis on the very positive value of the community um, where the individuals who are infected by the COVID virus, uh, we're, we're still seeing that that's happening in the not so good facilities in the US. And I think that during the pandemic, we've seen an incredible outreach to older people all around the US and around the world, really, helping them to get their groceries, staying engaged with other people. I've, I've been very incredibly grateful for my sisters and my and neighbors of my parents and uh, nieces and nephews who have gone by to see grandma and grandpa because I live 750 miles away from my parents. And it's been so amazing to see the outreach and, and the love that they've been giving to my parents who are still living at home. So we, I think we're going to see that, but look also at what uh, there was a story that I read about Ireland and some things that the country of Ireland Institute instituted part of their postal workers job in Ireland today now going forward is that they need to check in on the older people on a daily basis. That's kind of cool. So the virus we know has had a way of unmasking a number of short uh, shortcomings that are now being addressed. One of those shortcomings is we're not checking in on our elderly population as they live at home enough. Ireland figured out that there still are a lot of people living at home who are elderly. And so they're, they're having their, their postal workers check in on them. And I think solutions like that, even after we get through this craziness of the COVID-19 virus, I think solutions like that are just 
just downright good. We're taking care of our, of our elderly population. Now, we've also seen another shift in, uh, in business with the rising, well, two things. One, many millions of people have lost their job because of the COVID-19 virus. Com companies have gone and will continue to go out of business. But one other element that's been helpful is that people are working remotely and they're able to have a powerful impact from where people can, you know, stay home and cut down on the use of their car, cut down on the use of, of uh, gas, cut down on uh, being in close prox proximity at work. And I think tele telecommuting is something that uh, people, you know, working from home is going to be around for quite a while. So remote working actually could have a positive impact on the 50 plus population. Hear me out on this. I think there's many companies now that are going to do a lot of their hiring by text and email. And they're really not even going to see the person that they're interviewing. It helps to eliminate some of the discriminations like gender, like age, like race. Because let's face it, one of the biggest impediments for older people is that we look different. We have gray hair. Our physicality is different. Our brains work somewhat differently. But I, I just have uh, talked to a lot of HR directors over the years who have said that they, you know, they've played, made their decision on uh, here's what this job is, here's what it requires, here's what it's going to pay, and usually the elderly, pop, elderly, the older population wants more money but if I can get someone who's younger and I can size them up, I'm going to hire them because they're going to be around for a while and they don't cost the company as much money. Right or wrong, indifferent, it is reality. So I think that people are going to, uh, you know, get rid of those uh, discriminatory factors that may be in someone's mind because they're not going, now granted, uh, if there's interviews that are being done via webinar, then that, throws that notion out the window. But I do think that people are, uh, you, know, you know, it doesn't matter if you have gray hair or what you're wearing that day or if you're up to speed on social media as much. What matters is the experience of the individual. And if we can remove some of those discriminatory uh, ideas or notions, then let's do it. So I think we're going to see hundreds, if, hundreds or thousands uh, of innovations, maybe we'll, you know, tens of thousands of innovations that are happening all around the world that are new ways to help protect people or even different forms of entertainment. Uh, the virus has stopped most film and TV production. I think it's going to take quite a while for that to really restart. But people are being innovative. They're coming up with new ways of figuring out how to entertain. They're figuring out how to use their talents and skills to, uh, benefit people. And there might even be some new forms of entertainment that'll be invented. Who knows? There's some really smart, clever people in all industries of all ages that are highly motivated that want to solve these serious problems that we're facing with COVID-19. And those ideas are going to come from those who have experience. 
and that's the 50 plus population. I think it opens up a whole new world for the 50 plus population to figure out what type of job would they want to do going forward from hospitality to technology to even healthcare in the industry that I'm in. I mean, look what's even been done with the UV light as a cleansing agent in hotels and resorts and cruise lines and airplanes. Look at what people are doing to conduct business just by using webinars to get their message across. We're doing that every day. We're using webinars in our business all the time. So I think that uh, one thing that is overlooked quite often is that people have resilience. And sometimes it's that resilience that we don't even know that we have. And it's that resilience that will adjust to the new normal. Okay, so I have to wash my hands more often. I can do that. I have to keep my hands away from my face. I can do that. I have to sanitize my hands more often. Maybe even have to work at home. And once in a while, I'll even have to wear a mask. Okay, done. We can do that. And we can innovate to improve these different types of circumstances as we go, as we go forward. So I think when you add things up, big and small invention, uh, inventions and innovations are going to be happening and they'll have a huge positive impact on the 50 plus population. Um, I've even been working on some new training systems for the 50 plus population that are going to be revolutionary especially for some of our doctors and our dentists and people that want to learn more about having or maintaining a positive attitude. <clears throat> so I, I, I'm very uh, bullish. I'm very optimistic about what the future holds. I don't feel down the dumps at our future at all. I think we've got a bright future ahead of us. I think we'll constantly keep finding new ways to stay healthy, live longer, do more with our lives, spend more quality time with family, and come up with those innovations and inventions that'll help many people. Who knows, we might even create some new industries as we get along, uh, get going down this path a little bit further. Americans are resilient and we will weather this storm. We'll figure out new and different ways of living. I think new industry, industries will be and currently are being creative. Innovative ways of doing business will be rolled out. We'll figure out new ways to deal with our current business models. You know, that's uh, difficult for millions of people at the moment, but we will figure it out. I mean, think about this for just a minute. Look at what your smartphone has done for your life. You used to have to carry around a separate camera, a laptop, and a music device. Now you have all three of those at the palm of your hand. So who knows what the future is going to hold and how we're going to take advantage of it. It's, I still think it's awesome to see my 85-year-old mother using uh, FaceTime or house party to talk to the grandkids and talk to us and to use her smartphone and text and carry on conversations. It's awesome to see that. So I, I do think that uh, there are things that are coming that the 50 plus population can be a part of. Um, you know, again, look at what we've done to curb travel. I used to travel every week. I don't do that anymore because I'm trying to say, we're trying to save some money as a company using video conferencing and, and even telehealth. 
and some of the solutions that we're offering. Look at what Uber and Lyft have done to give travelers more options. Look what they did to help redefine and change the taxi industry. They help. So Uber and Lyft has, has helped millions of entrepreneurs use their own vehicle to shuttle people around. By last count, Uber has about 3 million drivers worldwide and 75 million consumers get hauled around by those 3 million drivers. For me, it's a great service. I use it all the time. It gives me as a traveler more options. At the same time, it's less than a taxi and a rental car. There's millions of other people like me who can make, who can take advantage of that system and it's very convenient when you can have someone pick you up within a few minutes and take you to your destination. And it's also creating more entrepreneurs. There's more people who are entrepreneurial that have turned their car into a, a machine that'll drop people off at a different location. And they're using that as a business asset. So it's pretty cool. Anyway, there's, there's things that are constantly happening. Uh, so let's look at the opportunities that are staring us in the face. We know that COVID-19 is not a fun scenario to be involved with. Let's, let's figure out innovative ways that we can uh, embrace this change, use that change to better our own situation, use our brains that we still have to keep our brains active and come up with something that can change the world or change our family at least. That resilience I have seen already kick in in many fashions and forms. And there's good things that'll come from those changes that we've seen. Of that, I am very confident. I'm also very confident that the 50 plus population will come up with in innovations that um, will be of great value for years or even decades going forward. I know that there are some amazing things that you all are involved in. Uh, share them with me. Let's post them on the website. Let's make sure that we get the word out and talk about some of your innovative ideas and your actions that you're taking, how you're changing your life, how you're making it for the better. So let's end up uh, today by saying I want to thank again, uh, thank you again for tuning in to HealthBeat. Thank you again to Heroes Media Group for the production and, and the distribution of this podcast. Uh, you can learn more about me at uh, brianhazelgren.com. You can also check out positivepeopletools.com. Learn more about what's going on there. And of course, you can learn more about our healthcare business at rx2live.com. So for now, this is Brian Hazelgren. I'm going to sign off. Thank you again for tuning in. There'll be more tips and innovative ideas, amazing guests, and, and even healthy services and products that'll, that will allow you to find that optimal health and wellness that you're looking for and even help you find the, the balance in your life. So thank you again for tuning in and make it a great day.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.